Welcome into another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Week one is in the books, and we're here to break down all of the action as well as pick our week two uh, opponents and a little bit of uh, interesting action going on. A lot of teams finally getting into uh, some not cupcake games, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm Madison, and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. How are you doing today, Pierce? Doing well, especially since... uh come out victorious after week one in the pick'em. Hey now, hey now, hey now. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We Shots will be fired did. all week. All right. Well, I tell you what. So we did have a uh, guest picker last week, uh, Hampy, and she came in and uh, she uh, she did okay. Well, we picked 10 games yes, or last week. Uh, Pierce Is four? Four out of 10? Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, it was Hampy. Hampy's evaluation for why she picked Tennessee to win was, go big orange. Well, you know, it's perfect. She, she used the bathroom, the restroom, during her picks, so you can just flush her picks down the toilet. That's basically what I think. But, um, tsh. yeah, so anyways, just to round that out, I finished, I, I batted uh, 50%. I, I got five picks right. It's not bad. And, uh, and Pierce uh, went home victorious week one with seven picks right. Damn right. Hey, now, this is a family-friendly podcast. Hey, I'm not the only one that cusses on this. That's fair. Well, we're, we are joined by another guest picker this week. Uh, this time, Pierce was tasked to go out and get one of his friends to be on the pod, so we'll see uh, if he can do any better than Rebecca Hampton did last week. Um, on my bets, yes. I'm just going to put it that way. Uh, you know, well, I will say one thing, though. He's a Vandy fan, so, you know, he's got the one strike against him. Shots fired early. I'll say this. I don't, I don't knock on wood. I don't want to jinx him, but he's on. he's been on a heater as far as his, his plays last uh I guess two, three weeks. So hopefully he uh, he still has the hot hand and and uh, he at least gives me a challenge this week because I need it. Well, football's not played on a golf course, so I don't give him a lot of confidence there. Golf surely is where he's made made some some solid plays. Well, let's just let's welcome him in, Grant Caudell, everyone. Hey guys, how's it going? I appreciate the intro, um, Pierce. Take it easy a little bit. Don't give me too much pressure. Uh, all I got to do this week is just get five picks. That's yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Sorry. Sorry, Hampy. Well, okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Then we are going to just very briefly run through these games uh, and kind of outline how they went. Uh, Pick 10 games last week. Uh, Oregon State at Ohio State. Uh, of course, uh, Oregon State falls in that one. 31-77. Um, Texas at Maryland. Maryland takes home the victory, twenty-nine to thirty-four. Ole Miss at Texas Tech. Well, not at Texas Tech. It was in Houston, but in the state of Texas. So basically, at Texas Tech, Ole Miss coming ahead victorious, forty-seven uh, twenty-seven in that one. Washington at Auburn, which was probably the blockbuster game of the week uh, when it comes right down to playoff uh, potential, sixteen to twenty-one. Auburn coming out victorious in that. UT and West Virginia, 14-40. to Sorry, Tennessee, you're the only SEC team to not win that uh, your opening game. FAU, Oklahoma, this is a pick that I wish I could take back. Should never discount Lincoln Riley and the boys over there in Norman. 41-63, to Oklahoma, the winner in that one. Michigan at Notre Dame, wow, this one was a nail-biter. And uh, Notre Dame comes out victorious, 17-24. to Louisville at Bama. No Lamar Jackson, no victory for the Cards. Bama takes home the victory, fourteen to fifty-one. Miami at LSU. Ed oh Ed Orgeron. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Seventeen to thirty-three. LSU wins that game, and the game that I couldn't even finish because it made me sick to my stomach. Virginia Tech beating FSU in Tallahassee, twenty-four to three. 
just to interrupt real quick, how are you going to do this week with uh, FSU and Sanford playing, your two schools? I will be there. Oh. I will be there. I, uh, I attended FSU for a year and a half and graduated from Sanford. A bunch of us uh, Sanford girls are going down to the game. I will be wearing garnet and gold because hopefully they'll be able to win. They'll be able to be victorious versus Sanford. But uh, well, let me ask you this. If Sanford wins, will you will you have a shirt underneath with the Bulldogs on it? The good thing is Sanford's red and uh, FSU is kind of a shade of red. So maybe I can just say ah, it's a little bit of an off brand Sanford shirt. I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good point. The blue is where you get into some trouble, but it's a navy. So it's a darker color. I told my friends this. If FSU doesn't win that game, I will be in shambles. Because so it seems like you're pretty heated on on FSU. What's uh, what's kind of your just quick take on that? I I I, I kind of thought from the get go that I think FSU has some talent. Obviously, they have some glaring issues, but I, I knew Francois being his first game back from an injury. I just knew there would be a little bit of a learning curve. You know, a little bit of an adjustment there, especially with the new coach, new systems. You know, what what's kind of your just off the top take on on FSU? Uh, inefficiency was the word of the night. Just absolutely inefficiency. Uh, it, it was ridiculous. Um, here's the thing is, I have faith in Taggart. I really do think that he's going to be able to right the ship. But it's a different system, and it's not the, it's not his guys. It's Jimbo's guys. Um, you know, Francois is a good QB. He, he wasn't the greatest, but at the same time, uh, I think give it a few games, let them catch their stride. I think they'll be able to right this ship. The only games that I really care about are when people play Florida. So as long as FSU beats Florida, I'm okay. They could lose every game if they beat Florida. I'm okay. So they got a lot of time. They got till November to get to write this ship and hopefully squeak out a victory versus uh, the Gators. Hopefully. I understand. I I I agree. I I just think I think once they settled down, this was a huge primetime game that it, it was kind of the perfect storm against them as far as uh, you got a quarterback coming back from a patella tendon injury you know a pretty serious injury first game back there's always a little you you know you got to get hit and it's how you respond to those hits and I thought he I think he's going to be great I love Francois um you know he's learning a new system too you gotta you gotta think about that yeah so um Taggart will recruit you know obviously they need to get some depth they've got some good players still there the offensive line is an issue but um not surprised by the outcome um that being said, I was a little bit shocked to see them stub their toe as poorly as they did or as bad as they did at home. Well, I'll put it this way. We'll wrap up here with uh, the FSU talk. But uh, got it woke up to a, a text. I'm dead serious. I turned the game off and went to bed. I said, I got to work in the morning. I don't have time for this nonsense. And I woke up to a text from our uncle, who's a big FSU fan, and it said, rough intro to the Taggart era. And I agree with him. It was it was not great. Taggart looked in over his head there on the sidelines. Um, you know, there was one point where he was going to call a timeout. And normally, you know, if you're Kirby or you're Saban, you're in the, the face of the ref saying timeout, timeout, timeout. He saw something he didn't like, a matchup he didn't like, and he just kind of walks over to the ref and goes, timeout. And he didn't get it done. It's loud in there. you got to be assertive. And it just kind of looked like he was in over his head at that program. So uh, hopefully they write the ship. But let's go ahead and let's get into a new segment we're going to call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So us three are going to go through and pick our good performance of the week, our bad performance of the week, and our ugly performance of the week.
my good performance of the week is Tua Tangavailoa. Got to emphasize Tangavailoa. Well, well said. Well said. Well, I learned that that's actually said like tongue, not tag. I didn't realize that there's a silent N in there, basically. Yep. You pronounce, I, the, this is uh, what I heard. You With all the all the people from Hawaii, the, the that crowd, you got to pronounce every, every syllable in that name. Well, okay. Good information, I guess. I don't, whatever. Um, so, is it is it Mariota or Mariota? Uh, Mariota. Mar- Mariota. Mariota, Mariota. That's it's not pronouncing every syllable. Mariota. Exactly. Mariota. Well said. He should have seen his hands. Mariota. He was like an Italian. Uh, pasta primavera. All righty. Let's go ahead and move on there. My reasoning for the Tua pick is because, I mean, I just think right there with the Tua, with the performance that Tua put on, there were some things he did. Now, I thought some of the things he did was reckless. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say he got lucky on some things. There was one where he was going down, getting tackled, and he just flung the ball up. And because you play on a team with super freaks, you can do that. And, uh, you know, his receiver comes down with the touchdown. But on any other team, that's an interception. Uh, A dropped ball at the best-case scenario, an interception at the worst. Um, So, you know, there's some things that he did that you're going, wow, how could that happen? But also probably a little reckless. But I also think he's a good enough player that he can do those things. Uh, They were talking about, I was listening to a podcast talking about, I guess, Saban's analysis on the guys, and he said that with... Jalen, you know, if if he's in trouble, his eyes move from downfield. And with Tua, his eyes never move from downfield. And I think that just goes ahead and with that analysis just shows you why Tua has been named the starter there at Alabama. And I think cemented that Alabama is the the favorite to win it all again this year. And I think that Tua is is the front runner for the Heisman right now. I know that people are saying, well, Greer, uh, you know, you've got you've got a lot of other people in the mix there. But I think that Tua really performed well. I think he's going to continue to perform well. He's going to have a couple of really, you know, statement wins. And I think if you're Jalen Hurts, you you say right now, I'm transferring so that you don't lose your redshirt year. So I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, and, and I think that's why Saban's having a little bit of pushback, especially, you know, that frustration at the end of the game. I really do believe that in the back of his mind, he's thinking – Obviously, two is the better downfield passer, but he, to your point, he's prone to to throw into some tough spots and to th- kind of throw the ball up. You're right; he does look downfield, and that's one of the things that separates him from Jalen. Jalen goes through one or two progressions. He doesn't. What you look for in an elite QB is can he go from one his first two reads and then transition his eyes to the opposite side of the field. Jalen goes one two, boom. He he tucks and runs if they're not there. Tua has his eyes downfield the entire time, but I think Saban's uneasy with the fact that Tua's probably going to throw, you know, 10, 12 picks, in my opinion, just because he's more prone to throw it up in the air and kind of try and trust his receivers. But, you know, you look at Jalen last year, and he had, what, two picks, three picks on the entire interceptions on the entire year. So you know you're going to be able to trust him as far as not turning the ball over, which is what Saban wants. It's hence why, you know, he tends to rely on the rushing game, you know, for good reason in the SEC. That's what you need. But um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, obviously, I don't think Jalen should should necessarily say he's transferring just yet because, he, you know, he, he still has some room to uh, help this team, some 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 
at least you know rushing the ball on you know a couple series of games. I think he's got some some areas where he can help this team. But what say you, G man? I'm uh, I'm gonna have to play Homer here and uh, go with my Commodores. Uh, Vegas didn't give him much credit this uh. week. Um, thought MTSU uh, and Vandy were comparable, and uh, that was a joke. Minus three, um, they shouldn't and do not belong on the same field. What's we that? might be the one of the inferior teams in the SEC, but at the end of the day, we're still in the SEC. You got faith in Derek Mason. Hey, um, <clears throat> as a Vandy fan, um, we've got a, a low floor, and that's uh, <laughs> six games, and we're dancing like it's the Super Bowl. So I think he's got a good shot Going at winning bowling. six games, and um, we'll just take it one week at a time. There you go. Hey, and, and this time, let's see, this season, let's not have any linemen saying, we want you, Bama. We're ready for you, Bama. Yeah, that was definitely a bad look. But, hey, you know, it is, it is one of those things where, you know, as long as they beat Tennessee and sip on some uh, Tennessee tears, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're good to go. So it's, it's pretty refreshing. But I, I, didn't, I didn't hit on my good. Um, I'll keep it very simple. Um, OU over FAU. For, for whatever reason, people thought, oh, Lane Kiffin this, Lane Kiffin that. FAU is going to be competitive. Give me a break. OU is OU. They're a top five program in the country. They're at at home. They're not going to let an FAU team, albeit probably talented, even compete. Yeah, and I told you already that I'm looking back at that pick on what was I thinking? Uh, a little bit regretting that pick. Uh, I, I think that Kyler Murray is the real deal. Lincoln Riley knows his stuff, and I believe in the rest of those supporting players in Norman. Um, well, let's go ahead and hit the bad. My honorary bad, you already touched on it, Pierce. At the end of that Alabama game, Maria Taylor asks a softball question, a very standard question, and Saban takes it and just downright shows his fanny. He just gets so angry with her, I, and, and good on him. He calls. He called Maria after the uh, game and did apologize for that. Uh, she threw some interesting shade on Twitter. Said, "Don't mind me. I'm just on out here doing my job." It was not unheard of a question. Uh, so that's my honorary bad of the week, but that's not the one I picked. My bad performance of the week is Tom Herman there at Texas. Uh, you know. He's just proving to not be, I don't know, I, I, I don't know where this hire is panning out. I guess that's the way I'm trying to put it. Uh, I think that he was out too late at the strip clubs with Zach Smith there in uh, Maryland, and uh, he, he wasn't able to uh, to really put a, together a winning performance uh, with that team there in uh, at, at Maryland, rather. Um, so that is my bad performance of the week. Tom Herman, not quite sure he's on the hot seat yet, but I do feel it heating up a little bit for him. What about you, Pierce? My bad is Arizona. Um, you know, Arizona is not technically considered a powerhouse. That being said, you know, when you have a, a player in Khalil Tate who is not only a stud, but somebody that, you know, is really your best player on the team and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, play to his strengths. Don't try and make him a pocket. I understand trying to develop him into a pocket passer, but let him use his best skill and that's rushing the football and he didn't see enough of that in BYU and BYU is going to be a well-coached team and they play hard and they had a tough year last year so I knew they would come out with a, you know a lot of motivation and and want to 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 win this game but Arizona just looked very mediocre and and that was because I thought Khalil Tate just 
was was trying to be used as the pocket passer, and you just got to let him do his thing, kind of, you know, a Mike Vick type, just ball out. I, I agree with you 100%. What about you, Grant? Who you got for your bad performance of the week? The bad performance of the week, I mean, this one, this is no shocker coming from the Vandy guy, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Tennessee. Um, SEC went 13-1, and Tennessee, I mean, not often does Vandy get to make fun of Tennessee, but uh, no usually... No love for Rocky uh, Top. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Jeremy Pruitt era, I mean, he did fine, but at the end of the day, it's unacceptable to get beat by anybody 40-14, to 14. Um, and especially uh, when you're playing at a neutral site. Uh, they just weren't ready to play. Their secondary looked like a high school team, and yeah, 40-14 to 14 speaks for itself. Agreed, 100%. So that's uh, that'll bring us into our ugly performances of the week. Uh, for me, I've already touched on it. You already heard my disgust, but my ugly performance of the week is all of FSU from the top to the bottom. I was really hyped for the game. They were out in their black alternate uniforms, uh, you know, with Jimbo being a disciple of Saban. You don't normally get things like that, and Taggart coming from Oregon brings a little bit of swag back. The guys are in this, you know, doing this kind of sway. The whole stadium's doing this, like, sway before the opening kickoff. Everything was so exciting. And then it fell flat, and nothing could get done. I uh, already touched on I thought Taggart looked uh, absolutely overwhelmed. I thought Francois looked rusty. I thought that it was just woefully inefficient. And um, I'm not saying I'm missing Jimbo, but I, it makes me pain to think that he was probably sitting there in College Station going, ha-ha, you, uh, you guys shouldn't have run me out of town. So uh, that's my ugly performance of the week. Uh, what about you, Pierce? Pretty simple. Um, I love the FSU uh, ugly performance of the week, but it's Michigan for me. Uh, when when you you've got so such high expectations, especially with this being Harbaugh's you know third or fourth year, fourth year with the program, but you have this incoming quarterback that everyone maybe I'm buying into the public perception. You know when you watch all these these media outlets, you know, ESPN and you name it, they were talking about Michigan and Shea Patterson. And it, I mean, goodness gracious, they really, Patterson looked in that, he looked like he couldn't do anything in that offense and until it was later in the game. And I did think, and I may, maybe I didn't pick them. I think I did, but maybe I didn't. But um, I, I really felt good about Notre Dame because I, I, having seen them in person in South Bend last year, I knew what to expect. You did pick Notre Dame. I, there we go. Love it. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I just didn't know if they quite had the top to bottom skill set that that a Notre Dame did, and I felt felt pretty confident in them. But you know, it was not necessarily that they lost; it was more so that they just. I mean, the the score was a lot closer than the talent actually indicated. I feel you on that. I agree 100. percent I thought that Michigan uh, did not put out the best performance possible, and they got a they got a tough year. Um, they go uh, they do bring Penn State in, but they go to Columbus, they go to East Lansing, they go to Wisconsin, and I don't like them in any of those games. Uh, so hopefully they turn some things around. But with the performance that I saw there on Saturday, not liking Michigan's chances, which isn't looking good for my pick to win the Big Ten, unfortunately. So I wish I could take that one back as well. All right, what about you, Grant? What's your ugly performance of the week? The ugly performance of the week has got to go to the Miami Hurricanes. Um, I was excited for the game. I'm not a Miami fan by any means, but thought that was one of the better games on the slate and thought they came out and looked, I mean, they looked terrible. I mean, I don't know if y'all know, but they um, they had some new jerseys um, that were pretty sweet, made from recycled plastics from, from the, the ocean. Yeah. Pretty cool, but... Um, yeah, they 
I thought they were cool, but I mean, they looked like the team looked like trash and <laughs> they're wearing trash too. <laughs> I was so wondering where you're going I with that. I guess that's a result. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, Miami. Uh, you know, what did you think about the uh, fight at the beginning of the game before the game started between LSU and Miami? Typical Miami. Typical Miami. Typical Miami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got their swag back. All right. The U. Are they back? Uh, jury's still out on that one. All right. Well, let's go ahead then and let's get into our picks for next week. Um, and uh, that wraps up the uh, week one uh, recap. Let's get into the week two look ahead. Uh, picking 10 games. First game on the slate is Mississippi State at Kansas. Kansas State. I mean, sorry, at Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State picking up nine and a half points on that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get it started here. I'm picking Mississippi State. I know that it's tough to go into Manhattan, but Nick Fitzgerald's back from his uh, suspension. I think that Mississippi State proved that they're a pretty good team, and uh, even with and with their quarterback, who could be a Heisman potential candidate there, uh, I think that. Uh, they are going to get it done and easily cover that spread there in Manhattan, Kansas. So what about you, Pierce? Um, Mississippi State's not a traditional powerhouse team. That said, Mullen has, you know, really gotten some good talent there in uh, Starkville or Stark Vegas. I-, I think that the talent level is just on a different level than Kansas State. Um, I think with Fitzgerald back, I- I- 10 points. I- yes, Manhattan, Kansas, that's... A little it's bit. It's proven of a t- tough in the past. It it's a tougher place to play. That said, I just you know I I can't go against the better t- the more talented team in Mississippi State, especially getting their like you said Heisman Trophy candidate back. I think it's Mississippi State wins wins by thirteen fourteen at least to and covers that spread easy. And I'm the same way. I got to go Mississippi State. Um, I said it earlier. SEC went thirteen and one week one and I know that they've got to win by more than nine and a half but I think they do it easily I think to me the biggest interest level in this game is making sure that Bill Snyder doesn't slip and hit his head and uh you know fall into a coma or something there on the sidelines so uh yeah I I think we all agree here Mississippi State uh covering that spread and taking home the victory in Manhattan the next game up is going to be Arizona at Houston Houston giving four and a half points on that game. This was Pierce's bad performance of the week, Arizona. So uh, any love there for Kevin Sumlin? You go with Houston. This is the game I bet he's had circled on his schedule, you know, since the moment he stepped foot on the Arizona campus. Um, This is a tough one. This is one of those – here's what I think. If if Sumlin allows Tate to scramble and to use his legs – um, as opposed to just being a pure pocket passer, they've got every chance in the world to upset Houston. That said, I'm going to go with the – Houston's got a sneaky home home field advantage. I know Grant can talk more about that having been to their stadium. Um, I, I'm going to have to, with this low number, I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I'm going to go with Houston. They're going to win by six. I, I'm not real confident in this game, but I'm going to go Houston um, – to squeak it out maybe get a late touchdown to win just um, barely eking it out then yep yep all right all right well uh grant what about you who you got arizona or houston i'm going with uh kevin Sumlin. he's had this one circled on his uh schedule disappointing week one this is a must win for arizona and co uh someone's familiar with that stadium um he's won many games there before and i think he takes the squad in there and they win on 
win in Houston. I am going to disagree with you there, Grant. I'm going with Houston. Uh, four and a half points, I think uh, they're going to easily cover that. They have a uh, home field advantage, and they also have one of the best defensive players in the country in Ed Oliver. So uh, I'm going with the Houston Cougars there at home versus Arizona. Next game up, UCLA at Oklahoma. UCLA not putting on a good performance in their week one. Welcome back to the college football league, Chip Kelly. Uh, Oklahoma at home is going to be giving 30 points. Another big spread there for the Sooners. I'm going Oklahoma in this. I think Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray just proved that they're legit. I think UCLA is not quite has not quite found their footing. I think Chip's still getting acclimated. Doesn't have his speed that he likes in there, his talent that he likes uh, to play with in his players that he currently has. So give me the Sooners. Give me Lincoln Riley and his boys. Can't argue against that. I like Oklahoma. Um, obviously, that was one of my easy peasy games of the week last week um, against FAU. They got a different level of competition in UCLA. That said, clearly it's not the level of competition and level of talent that Chip Kelly wants. I got to go U- Oklahoma at home over UCLA, even though it's a crazy number of points to to cover with. They've got to they've got to win by thirty one. That said, Kyler Murray OU, they're they're legit. They're legit. Give me OU. All right, Grant. Again, got to take my points. I'm going with UCLA at Oklahoma. Um, 30 points is a lot of points. A lot of people in L.A. are disappointed with that football team after not showing up um, to play against Cincinnati. Um, I do not think they win by any means, or but I do think they keep it within a couple touchdowns. Well, to be fair, 30 points is a lot to your point. So, uh, yeah, they, they Oklahoma has to put on a field day in order to cover that, but I, I think get, we get it done. I think they get it done. So uh, right now it's shaping up that, uh, you know, Grant's either going to be the mastermind here and we're going to be left in the dust, or uh, he might ha- no finish. No pressure, no pressure. He might finish worse than Hampy at this rate. I agree. He's making some good, smart picks here, in my opinion. He's He's... He's going contrarian from what we're we're looking at, so that's a I think it's a good tactic. Well, this next game is has me absolutely nervous as all get out. I'm a little bit shaken in my boots here for this next game because we got a personal interest in this game. Georgia at South Carolina. South Carolina getting ten points, and I'm gonna say this right now: Georgia wins the game, but they don't do it by eleven. And uh, I pick South Carolina right there. That's interesting. I, you know, oh man, this is a, this is a really tough one because I'm not gonna lie. My 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 my. If I'm looking at it from a from an unbiased perspective, I think that that's the smart play. Kind of like how Grant's been, you know, playing some of these underdogs. I think at home, given ten, that's a crazy environment in Williams Bryce Stadium. I would not be shocked to see South Carolina. I don't. I'm not going to say they're going to win. They could pull it out if they get a crazy, you know, a crazy game unfolds. But I'm, I'm starting to get this feeling that this is, you know, South Carolina's had some players talking smack. It's playing right into Georgia's hands. South Carolina's a good team. Do they have the depth? I think it's very close. They could even go into halftime up three to seven points. I think at the end of the day, they just don't have the depth to to finish this game out. I'm going to have to go. I think the dogs pull it out and, and win by 13 to, to 20 points. And and it's going to look like a closer game than the scoreboard actually indicates. But 
Um, yeah, I'm going to go dogs to, to, to cover this one. Uh, minus 10. I hope for my sanity you're correct because I would rather see Georgia uh, blow by South Carolina, especially to your point with some of that smack talk coming from uh, Debo Samuel and uh, the disrespect that we're seeing from South Carolina. How dare them. All right, well, uh, Grant, who you got? Y'all are overthinking it a little much. Let's be real. Georgia isn't losing a game week two, um, and they're winning. I'll give it to South Carolina. They're going to come out ready to play. They might force a turnover early and get everybody excited. But um, at the end of the day, um, Georgia's got got an offense that's going to be hard to stop. They've got a defense that's better than South Carolina's offense, and Georgia rolls them. Ooh, so Grant likes the matchup of the Georgia D versus Debo Samuel and Jake Bentley. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa giving four points on this game. I'll tell you what, this game I didn't know what to do with. I'll Why be honest you with you. Why did you pick this game? I have no, I mean, I have no idea what's going on here. It was, here's the thing is, we're still kind of in cupcake level because all the teams that were playing somebody last week now are playing their cupcakes. Um, so it was that or it was, I think there was like a UConn game I could have picked or something like that. <laughs> so I went with this game. I thought it was more interesting and uh, I didn't know what to do with it. That being said, I did pick Iowa, Iowa at home. They've had a good team uh, as of late, you know, upsetting Ohio State at home. I think that Iowa State has proved to be a little bit of upset city, but usually at home, uh, usually a little bit later in the season. So give me Iowa in this one. I think they cover four points easy. Great points. I, I really can't um, bring anything new to the table other than Iowa State lost, you know, a couple key players. That You're right. They are such a dangerous team at home. There's something about that stadium and that field. It's just, it plays slow. Maybe it's just the camera or whatnot, but I agree. I, I just think Iowa is going to come out. It's going to be closer. It's a rival game, but I, I just think they come out and they, they win by 7 to 10 and you know, it's just one of those things. If Iowa State was at home, I'd look into this as being, you know, maybe an upset. But rivalry game, I, give me Iowa. Well, and the Hawkeyes have one of the coolest traditions in college football where they turn around and they wave at the uh, Children's Hospital. That's really cool that they have the opportunity to do that and that they've done that recently. So, all right, well, Grant, who you got, Iowa State or Iowa? Uh, I'm going with the home team. Don't know much about either squad. I mean, I was on Iowa last week just because it was a close line and it's Iowa at home, so I went with them. And Iowa State, their game got postponed last week. I'm going to say they're going to come out a little rusty. First game of the year, maybe a little jitters, especially playing a rival. And got to go with Iowa at home. Good deal. All right, well, this next game, two heavy hitters, a little bit. I mean, eh, a little bit. Let me take that back. Uh, Clemson at Texas Tech. Texas Tech getting 12.5 points on that game. Sorry, did I say Texas Tech? Yep. I'm an AM. I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at multiple papers. You know, it's not easy carrying this show. I'll give you a break. You, you say Big Ten when you mean Big 12 and vice versa. So I, I Did you say it. vice versa? I said vice versa. Okay, vice versa, not vice versa. Hey, you were wrong first, so give me a break. All right. Well, I, it's mainly because I just don't want to acknowledge the fact that Jimbo's probably going to do a really good job this season there at A&M. Um, that being said... Give me Clemson. They have an outrageous line. You know, Alabama, I think, is the best squad from top to bottom in college football, but Clemson's not far behind. Give me Clemson all day long, even though it's in College Station, and I do think Jimbo's got a good squad there. A lot like the South Carolina-Georgia game, I, I really was fighting 
the thought of of taking Texas A and M at home. They've got one of the best home field advantages of any any program in the country. That said, I just couldn't wrap I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that Clemson has one of the best defenses in the country. Texas A and M's depth is just not there. I don't think Jimbo he might keep it close for the first half again, but. I don't see them scoring more than 17, 17 points, 20 points, and I think Clemson easily scores you know, 28, 30. Um, I, I think this is a 35-41 um, to probably 13-17 to 17 game. I think Clemson wins pretty pretty easy. It's a pretty pretty easy game to, to pick. i got to say, you're pretty bold not only picking the winner but calling your shot with the scores. I might need to go back and track that and count that against you. Well, when you win the first week, you just you get this swagger about you. You want to bring the difficulty level up is what I'm hearing. Exactly. And you got to make it a little more challenging somehow. This is uh, not golf. We're not doing handicaps. Grant? Same logic as the Georgia play. Got to go with Clemson. Um, they're, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country year in, year out. Texas A&M. Yeah, it's hard to win there, but at the end of the day, Jimbo, new squad, lack of depth, hard to, hard to take um, the Aggies over Clemson. Moving back to the SEC and all-SEC matchup, Kentucky at Florida. Florida giving 14 points there in the swamp. I got to say really quickly, we're sitting there in Sanford Stadium watching the dogs take on Austin P. and uh, we're looking up, you know, at the scores. It's 45 nothing. We're not really paying attention that closely at this point. You know, we've kind of seen what we need to see. At this point, we're seeing backups. And um, we're looking up at the scores in the stadium and we see, oh, Kentucky's not really handling business for Central Michigan which was a little bit embarrassing there for the SEC, but they got it done. Good on them. So um, for that reasoning, give me Florida. Felipe Franks throws five touchdowns. Uh, he looked really good. Dan Mullins got them back. I think that they are, once they get really into the SEC play, you know, I don't think they beat, uh, I don't even think they beat South Carolina. I don't think they beat Georgia, but they can handle business versus Kentucky. The only team worse than Kentucky is Vandy. Oh, shots fired. Um. Yeah, I think that Florida comes out. I'm going to put this very simple. Um, Florida has some revenge because and some motivation because Kentucky's played them fairly well the last few years. Um, they definitely got the talent edge, and I think being at home, I think they cover this. I think it's a late cover. Um, give me Florida. I just I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kentucky, you know, come close to upsetting them, but Florida's just. Just more talented, and and I think Dan Mullen will win these easy games. He's going to struggle in the in the in the big games this year, I think, because he's not quite you know it, the first year is going to be tough for any new head coach. But give me Florida minus fourteen. I, I I like that play a lot. All right, Grant, what you got? This one's tough for me. Uh, first off, I'd like to point out that it is a joke that Florida's ranked twenty fifth after one week. They've That's played fair. nobody. Felipe Franks. Come on, we can't give him credit for five touchdown passes yet. Let's see him do it against a real team. And I've talked some trash against Florida, but at the same time, I've got a bad trend going with my pick so far. I've got a bunch of the road teams, and uh, so far, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to dial it back a little bit. And while I don't think Florida will have a great year at the end of the day, up to Florida standards, um, I'm gonna have to take the Gators. All right, so we all like the Gators in that one. Looking up north, Penn State at Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh getting nine points on that one. And I took Pitt. Um, I think that Penn State, uh, they'll they'll bounce back a little bit from uh, almost getting upset by App State. Had to go to OT to get that one done. Um, but that being said, I took Pitt, uh, if only because it's wishful thinking. Um, Pitt did upset Miami there at the end of the year last year, even though they didn't have a great squad. I think that Penn State is going to be a little bit shaken up by uh, almost losing to App State. And I think that if there's ever a time to pounce on Trace McSorley and James Franklin, it's now. And so I'm giving the edge to Pitt nine points. I don't think they win, but I think they cover. This one is easy peasy. This is Penn State. They, I think Penn State wins by maybe 30. I think Penn State is pissed off, and the coaches will will won't let these players live that last game, the week one game. You know they won't let let them live it down. This is going to be a blowout. Penn State smokes Penn or uh, Pitt, regardless of where it is. You could put this on the moon; it doesn't matter. Penn State got a wake up call last week. They roll this week, regardless of if they win the Big Twelve or not. This is just this is a blowout. All right, well, we'll see. Grant? Got to hop back on the road team bandwagon. Um, I'm with Pierce. I've got to go with Penn State. Little wake-up call, I agree. James Franklin's going to have the boys ready to play. I know uh, Pittsburgh, I, we're, we're sleeping on them a little bit, but Penn State, two touchdowns or more. All right, all right. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Um, all right, well, we are winding down here just a couple more games before uh, we are wrapped up with our week two picks. I'm going to go ahead and go out west, USC at Stanford. Stanford was my pick to win the Pac-12, and I got to hold true to that. At home, giving five points. I think they cover that all day long. Give me Bryce Love and the boys in red. Oh, they both were red, don't they? Give me the boys in Cardinal. Whatever, you get the point. Cardinal and Scarlet, right? USC Scarlet, right? Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I don't know. Here's the thing is, it's red. Scarlet and gold? It's it's maroon. They all are maroon, and they all have these fancy colors that they call them. Garnet, scar- scarlet, cardinal. It's maroon. It's a dark shade of red. Crimson. Nope, it's maroon. Well, I'd say USC is a little bit brighter of a red, but, but That's fair. I, I get your point. It's not Georgia red's my point. Exactly. Um, I, I I think USC wins this. I, I'll, I'll go a little bit contrarian here. I... I think Stanford's a, a very solid team. I think they're going to be in the top two of the top two or three of the Pac-12. Potentially could win the Pac-12. That said, um, you know I watched, uh, and, and and you can argue against Stanford coming out and being motivated because they struggled last week um, in their week one game. That said, I saw a team that was very one dimensional outside of Bryce Love, which he didn't play well. San Diego State really just focused on stopping the run, and that was enough to really keep the game in check that said you know because of that usc can attack in multiple facets of the game i just think usc is ready to ready to pounce they're they're gonna win this game all right good deal what about you grant this was tough for me um i picked stanford last week i enjoyed watching them play um i know bryce love only had 29 rushing yards, and I think this is going to be a game where he comes out with something to prove. Um, I think he has a better game against USC, and I don't think a freshman quarterback for USC is going to be able to win a game on the road this early in the season. I do think he's going to be a great player, but i got to go with Stanford at home. Good pick. Pierce going against Stanford. 
All right, well, let's go ahead here. Our last. You're the Vandy of the Pac-12. Give me a break. They're smart, but they can play football, unlike Vandy. Okay. I like it. All right. Hi, right, our last pick of no, the. they just get funding. Oh, they get yeah, funding, Grant says. VU fires back. All right. Well, okay. I don't even know what to say about that. All right. Well, let's go ahead then and let's get into Michigan State at Arizona State. Am I overreacting if I say that the Herm Edwards coaching hire doesn't look so stupid anymore? No. Shock the world. Arizona State wins this game. Michigan State, I I will admit, Michigan State runs a little bit more of a, a SEC type of offense where they rely on ground and pound and and you know some some solid throws in the correct times. That said, I mean I'll buy into the hype. I don't. They don't have the same talent as Michigan State. That said, I, I think Herm Edwards he's a motivator man. And when when you get a motivator that that you know when they lose their first game that'll be the that'll be where Arizona State might fall off the wagon. Yeah. But give me Arizona State. They're feeling feeling good about everything. They're they're confident. Give me them. They've got a stud receiver. Give me them. I think they I think they they not only cover this, but they they sneak out a win. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. To your point, Herm Edwards is a good coach. Uh, nobody was really questioning that. He had been out of the game for a while, especially out of college football. Not really sure how he's going to translate in the recruiting world. Uh, but he got the job done. Forty nine to seven in the first game versus uh, Texas San Antonio. Uh, so getting the job done, like I said, they are favor or they're not favor. I'm sorry, they're getting six points at home versus Michigan State. I gotta go Herm in this. I gotta go. You're getting six. You're at home. Uh, you're coming off a good win, and I think that the hype train, Herm Edwards hype train, is real. Uh, Sparty probably wins, but I don't know if it's enough to cover that six point spread. So I am going with the Sun Devils. Grant, what about you? We're talking about a great win, and you got to remember they played UTSA. Utsa. Yeah, they had a better year last year. They're not the cupcake that they usually are, but I mean, come on. They should beat them 49 to 7. Michigan State didn't play well week 1. Um I know, I know. They're not losing this game. They're winning by 10 points. All right, well, we'll see. Michigan State. We shall see, Sparties. we shall see. All right, well, very good. That is going to do it for our week two picks. We're going to head into our last segment of the show, our easy peasy money. Pierce and Grant Grant are going to tag team and tell you where to win money. These are games that we didn't just pick because if you want to know our thoughts on that, rewind and listen to our thoughts on that. These are picks that are a little more obscure, uh, not on the sheet that we're picking from, but these are games that if you were to gamble, not that we're endorsing gambling, these are the ones that Pierce says to pick. Go gamble. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah, I um so I don't know how I did last week. I think I did pretty well. Um You know, I didn't calculate it, I'll be honest with you. The kiss of death. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, well of I already gave Grant the kiss of death because he's on a hater. You gave but, uh, Grant a kiss of death? Okay, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make my picks. Um, it's pretty simple this week. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I thought last week was a better slate from a gambling perspective. Um, easy peasy, give me TCU over SMU minus 22.5. Obviously, the books have probably adjusted. It's probably more like 24.25. I could be wrong about that, but... 
Give me TCU over SMU. SMU lost at North Texas. North 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 Texas. They lost by I think it was sixteen or seventeen points. Um, you got an SMU squad or a, a TCU squad who's just more talented, and re- regardless, they don't have a great home field advantage. Give me give me TCU to roll. They win by by at least 28, 31 points. TCU covers that mediocre spread. And then I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. I'm going to go, give me Missouri, minus 17.5 over Wyoming. Wyoming's 1-1. One one. They lost last week to Washington State at home. Washington State is uh, fairly similar in schemes to, to Missouri. They like to throw the ball downfield, up-tempo. They've got, a, a you know, they always, under Leach, they always have a prolific scoring um, offense, prolific passing offense, I should say. Drew Locke, a lot of people, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the country. That said, he does throw the ball downfield with the best of them. Um, they always seem to have good receivers there for whatever reason. doesn't matter if they're not the best defensive team. Washington State isn't. They still won by 28-something points. Give me Missouri to roll over Wyoming at home, uh, minus 17.5. Those are my easy-peasy plays. I'll throw a little shout-out here, too. Uh, this I'm not going to mark this down as an easy-peasy game, but I still like OU over UCLA minus 30. That's crazy to say, but I, I still like that one a little bit. But go with TCU Missouri as the locks of the week and uh, and and ride it to a 2-0 uh, weekend for uh, for your gambling picks. There you go. You're picking uh, Franklin's own Corey Fatoni there uh, in the punter of starting punter of Missouri there, his uh, his leg. You're hoping, you know what, they might not put up a ton of points on the scoreboard, but they sure are going to punt the heck out of you. All right, Grant, you got you got an easy-peasy game there? Um, Easy-peasy, I mean, y'all know what I'm about to say. Vanderbilt at oh, home. Oh, of course. Minus eight and a half against Nevada. Nevada's not terrible. But at the same time, I think uh, Derek Mason has the guys ready to play. Um, I, it's not going to be they're not going to be as bad as MTSU looked out there. But um, I think it's going to be close for a little bit. Um, but I do think the Commodores win by two touchdowns or more. Um, and then I got to go with uh, the Big Dogs. Um, I combine these together. Um, I'm gonna say Ohio State. Hard to fade Ohio State when they're playing a nobody. 37 point. I think they're 37. Probably. Uh, 35, sorry. 35 over Rutgers. Rutgers has been atrocious lately. Um, got to take Ohio State at home and got to go with Alabama. Ooh. Alabama is Alabama. I believe they've, they are playing, um, they've got to win by 37 and a half. And I think it was. Sorry, I don't even know I got my, you. Hold my on. easy peasy. It was Arkansas State, Southwest Arkansas State or something like that. That's what the text that I got from my mother recently. Because Regardless, uh, it doesn't matter who Alabama's some playing. Nobody. They're covering. Yeah, there you go. Kim and Mike will actually be at that game. And uh, I texted mom and I said, uh, so who are they playing? She goes, Southwest Arkansas State or something like that. Arkansas State, they're not a bad squad. No, they're not. Uh, they've had some big wins. That's um, where Gus Malzahn came from. That's right. Um, but Alabama at home, hard to fade. 
All right, well, there you go. That's our easy peasy money. We are not endorsing gambling, but if you are a gambler, those are the games we say you will be able to make the dough on. All right, well, any last words from both of y'all? Uh, Pierce, we, you haven't talked about TCU at all. You got some quick, and I'm talking quick, breakdown of what you saw there on Saturday. It's hard to say. They played Southern FCS team. It's just... You know, I don't even want to judge. They're breaking in some new players. Uh, I thought they looked all right. I, I, I figured Sean Robinson would look pretty good. Dual threat guy, elite 11 guy. Coming out of high school um, from a, a good program where they competed at a high at the highest level in Texas high school football. Um, I, I think they're, they're set up. I think it's going to take a few more weeks to really get into their groove. But against SMU, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, TCU looks pretty solid. Um, I don't think they're on Oklahoma's level. But they should finish right about second or third in the Big Twelve. So, and 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 with an upside of being first. So, we'll see. Good deal. Well, Grant, any closing words from you here before we sign off from the podcast? Uh, what you, what do you got to say uh, for yourself, your beloved golf game, and your Vanderbilt Commodores? Uh, I mean, yeah, I was high on the Vanderbilt Commodores this week. I, I might be back down to earth next week. Uh, Going to be at Notre Dame in two weeks, so I'll definitely be back down nice. to earth um in the next couple weeks but uh the golf game's uh abysmal abysmal um, can't be worse than pierce's it's uh week to week but <laughs> golf game's good but i enjoyed being on the show and i appreciate y'all asking me to share some of my uh worthless insight <laughs> Of course, anytime. We'll have to have you back on when hockey gets in full swing. I know you're a big Predators fan, but thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have to keep all of the people updated with how he does on his picks, see if he outplays Hampton. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here tonight with the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. We'll be back next week to break down the action from Week 2 and also preview Week 3. But uh, on behalf of my brother Pierce, our guest picker Grant Caudill, and myself, Madison Browder, this is the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay blessed, y'all.